from Los Angeles, California, the entertainment capital of the world, it's the 80s Movie Podcast. I'm your host, Edward Havens. Thank you for listening today. On this episode, we're going to complete our miniseries on the 1980 films of director Martha Coolidge with her little scene 1988 movie, Plain Clothes. When we last left Miss Coolidge, she had just seen her 1985 film Real Genius get lost in the mix between a number of similarly themed movies, although it would eventually find its audience through home video and repeated cable airings throughout the rest of the decade. Shortly after the release of Real Genius, she would pick out her next project, a comedy mystery then called Glory Days. Written by Dan Vinning, Glory Days was one of a number of television and movie scripts floating around Hollywood that time that featured a supposedly young-looking cop who goes undercover as a student at a high school. Whatever Coolidge saw in it, she would quickly get to work to making it her own, hiring a young writer working at Paramount Studios named A. Scott Frank to help her rewrite the script. Coolidge had been impressed by one of his screenplays, a neo-noir romantic mystery thriller called Dead Again, and felt Frank was the right person to help her add some extra mystery to the Glory Day screenplay. While Frank and Coolidge would keep some elements of the original Glory Day script, including having the undercover cop's high school identity, Nick Springsteen, be a distant relative of the famous rock star from whose song the script had taken its original title. But Coolidge would have Frank add a younger brother for the cop and add a murdered teacher, who the younger brother is accused of killing, to give the film something extra to work with. For the cast, Coolidge would go with a mix of newcomers in the main roles with some industry veterans to fill out the supporting cast. When casting began in early 1987, Coolidge looked at dozens of actors for the lead role of Nick Dunbar but she was particularly struck by 32-year-old Arliss Howard, whose film work had been limited to supporting roles in two movies, but was expected to become a star once his role in Stanley Kubrick's next project, Full Metal Jacket, opened later in the summer. 25-year-old Susie Amos, a former model who, like Arliss, had limited film work in supporting roles, would be cast as Robin, a teacher at the school who Nick develops a crush on while undercover. The supporting cast would include George Went from Cheers, Laura Dern's mother Diane Ladd, an Oscar nominee for her role as Flo in Martin Scorsese's Alice Doesn't Live Here Anymore, veteran character actor Seymour Cassell, an Oscar nominee himself for John Cassavetti's Faces, Robert Stack, the original Elliot Ness, who was yet another former Oscar nominee, Harry Shearer, and the great Abe Vigoda. The $7.5 million film would begin production in the Seattle metro area on May 6, 1987, and would last for seven weeks ending on June 30th. Plain Clothes would open in 193 theaters on April 15, 1988, including 59 theaters in New York City and 8 in Seattle. The reviews would be vicious on the film, with many critics pointing out how ludicrous the plot was and how distracting it was that the filmmakers were trying to pass off a 32-year-old actor as a 24-year-old police officer going undercover as an 18-year-old high school student. Audiences would stay away in droves, with only about 57,000 people buying a ticket to see the film during its opening three days. A performance so bad, Paramount would end up pulling the film from theaters after just seven days and a $289,000 ticket gross, replacing every screen with another high school set movie, the similarly titled Permanent Record, featuring Keanu Reeves, Jennifer Rubin, and Kathy Baker, and would be the final film for Martha Coolidge's regular co-star Michelle Mayrink, who would quit acting the following year and develop an affinity for Zen Buddhism. 
May Rink would eventually open her own acting studio in her hometown of Vancouver, British Columbia. Not so coincidentally, Martha Coolidge is one of the advisory board members of the school. There would be one more movie for Martha Coolidge in the 1980s, a made-for-television mystery called Trenchcoat in Paradise, featuring Dirk Benedict from Battlestar Galactica and the A-Team, Catherine Oxenberg from Dynasty, and Bruce Dern, but it's not very good and not really worth talking about. As the 80s moved into the 90s, Coolidge would continue to work both in television and in motion pictures. In 1991, she would direct her plain-clothes co-star Diane Ladd, alongside Ladd's daughter, Laura Dern, in the Depression-era drama Ramblin' Rose. But despite unanimous critical consent and Oscar nominations for both Ladd and Dern, the first and only mother-daughter duo to be nominated for the same movie or in the same year, the $7.5 million film would only gross $6.3 million. 1993's Lost in Yonkers would be the 23rd film written by Neil Simon, an adaptation of his 1991 Pulitzer Prize-winning play. Actors Irene Worth and Mercedes Rule would reprise their Broadway roles in the film, although Richard Dreyfuss would replace Kevin Spacey in the pivotal role as a gangster uncle of two teenage boys who go to live with their aunt after their mother dies. Despite good reviews, the $15 million Lost in Yonkers would only gross about $9 million. Originally written as a starring vehicle for Madonna, the 1994 romantic comedy Angie would instead star Gina Davis as an office worker in Bensonhurst, Brooklyn, who sets her neighborhood upside down when she decides to become a single mother. Coolidge's highest-budgeted film at $26 million, Angie would gross only $9.4 million, but would in the years to come become famous for being the first film of James Gandolfini, Michael Rispoli, and Ada Turturro, all who would go on to star on The Sopranos five years later. 1995's Three Wishes is a bizarre fantasy drama with Patrick Swayze and Mary Elizabeth Mastrantonio, about two young boys whose mothers start to fall for a mysterious stranger after their father is reported missing during the Korean War. The $10 million film would be the worst-reviewed movie of Coolidge's career and would barely gross $7 million when it was released. Things would turn around for Coolidge on her next film, Out to Sea. The penultimate film for both Jack Lemmon and Walter Matthau, this weak but genial romp, according to Janet Maslin of the New York Times, finds their regular co-stars on a Mexico-bound cruise ship where they must work as dance hosts in order to pay for their trip. Also featuring Golden Girls co-stars Estelle Harris and Rue McClanahan, alongside Diane Canna and Donald O'Connor, Out to Sea would become Coolidge's highest-grossing film to date, bringing in $29 million worth of ticket sales. While she would make a couple more movies, 2004's The Prince and Me and 2006's Material Girls, Coolidge would spend 1999 and the 2000s making her mark on television, directing episodes of CSI, Madam Secretary, Psych, and Weeds amongst dozens of shows, as well as the 1999 HBO film Introducing Dorothy Dandridge, which would not only win its lead star Halle Berry a number of awards, including the Emmy, the Golden Glow, and the Screen Actors Guild Award, it would be the first screenplay to be produced by a young writer named Shonda Rhimes. Coolidge herself would be nominated for an Emmy and a Golden Globe for outstanding directing of a movie made for television. But possibly her biggest achievement in Hollywood would come in 2002, when Martha Coolidge would be the first female president of the Directors Guild of America. 
And in addition to being an advisor on Michelle Mayrink's acting school, Coolidge is also a professor of film studies at Chapman University in Southern California. Thank you for joining us. We'll talk again soon. Remember to visit this episode's page on our website, the80smoviepodcast.com, for extra materials about Plain Clothes and the other movies we covered on this episode. The 80s Movie Podcast has been researched, written, narrated, and edited by Edward Havens for idiosyncratic entertainment. Thank you again. Good night. <laughs>